back. There. Whoa. Well, good morning. Good to see you all here and break the cold. So, okay, uh, let, chapter 12. This would be the final chapter. Actually, we're going to have to go back to chapter 11. We left in chapter 11, and we left with this guy, Antiochus. And here's what I got to say about that. <laughs> We're, we're done with him. We're, we, we've talked enough about Antiochus. We're going to move on to something. Uh, if I ever teach this again, I decided I'm going, to, I'm going to label chapter 11 the Dead Evil People Society. Because all it is is talking about all the evil people. And really the only thing interesting in there is the fact that Daniel wrote that like 300 years before it happened. 200, 300 years before it happened. So the, the accuracy of it is the astounding thing. Uh, but yeah, I'm tired of talking about these dead guys. So we're going to move on from Antiochus. We've got we, we to just cover a little bit of him because he is the prototype or the uh, forerunner of the Antichrist. He's a, he's a uh, symbol of Antichrist. Okay. This is, this is talking about Antiochus now, and it's talking about him and the prince or the king of uh, Egypt and how they fought back and forth, back and forth. Israel's caught in the crosshairs. And <clears throat> they sat down together. They came, I guess, to a, to a standstill uh, military-wise. So they sat down together at the same table, and it says they lied to each other. They sat down at the same table, lied to each other, but to no avail. For the end is yet to be at the appointed time. That should, take, that should bring comfort to us. Because the same thing is going on today, and it has gone on ever since that. This is not unique to, to Antiochus. Uh, we've got the uh, United Nations. We've got the World Economic Forum. We've got the Bilderbergers. We've got, uh, you, you name it. They sit down at the table. They lie to each other. They speak boastful words. Uh, the one that I, uh, what's his name? Uh, Schwab, Klaus Schwab. Yeah. By 2023, you'll have nothing and be happy. Because he's going to hack into our minds and control us. But to no avail. For the end is not yet to be at the appointed time. They can make their plans, but it ain't going to happen. God's not going to allow it. Uh, His heart shall be set against the Holy Covenant. That is something that's not unique to Antiochus. Hitler was the same way. He hated the Jews with a passion. I don't know why he tolerated Christians, but he did. But he began to persecute them too. Uh, he, he, He... well, actually, he found out there was a plot to kill him, and that's why he imprisoned Bonhoeffer. But, but he did put Bonhoeffer to death, who was a Lutheran pastor and very outspoken against him. But the Antichrist is going to be the same. His heart shall be set against the Holy Covenant. Now, in Daniel's day, the Holy Covenant that Daniel understood was the covenant between God and Israel, right? Daniel didn't have any knowledge of what we call the New Covenant. You know, we, we divide our Bible into two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Another way of saying that would be the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Antichrist is going to set his heart against both covenants, the Holy Covenant. He hates everything that, that even hints of God. So we are included in this, even though Daniel didn't know it. <clears throat> yes? Do you think the one world government is part of the end time um, plan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's it. That's what these dictators have been trying to do all along. Is take over the world. Nebuchadnezzar, he was the king of the world, the known world. There was a lot of the world they didn't know, but as far as he was concerned, he was the king of the world. And every... 
every tyrant and dictator since has been trying to do the same thing. Rule the world. Rule the world. Yeah. And it will come about under the rule of the one we call Antichrist. That's right. It yeah. Is, isn't it? It's kind of interesting when you think about that because we still see the same theme today. Yeah. Groups of people. <clears throat> but it all comes down to original sin of man wanting themselves to be God. So man's wanting himself to rule the world yeah. in place of God. All we know, we know it's a facade. Right. Because in the end, they're destroyed. And when Solomon said, there's nothing new under the sun, yes. this is what he's speaking of. So we are included in this, in the Holy Covenant. Uh, you know, and uh, let me say this, I was going to put this later, but... <clears throat> In, in Romans, God tells us through the Apostle Paul that we are grafted into the vine. So when, they, when people say, well, that's for Israel, well, we're grafted in. So we're included in most of this. Now, some of it we're not, but most of it does include us because we're grafted in. Uh, example of it, well, pastor's daughters. He's got two daughters that are grafted into the family. They share in the family equal chores, blessings, hard times, good times. Uh, my father was killed when I was a baby. Never knew him. My mom remarried, married a farmer a year later. That's my dad. And I was grafted into this farm family for good or bad. We had good times, we had hard times. I, I, worked, I was the only son. <laughs> he had uh, three daughters after... After he, he never did adopt me because my grandparents wouldn't, the Weber side didn't want that because I was the last Weber. They said, we want that name to carry on, and, and my, my parents honored that. Uh, but, uh, but so, for good or bad, grafted in. And the same here, for good or bad, we're grafted into that branch. And uh, Paul says, and he says, don't become arrogant, you are partaker of the root. You don't support the root. The root supports you. So we're grafted in. The root is God, and we're all part of that one family. It's a lot of pruning. I know I need to be pruned now and then, and uh, more, more now than then probably, but part of the family. Uh, come on. Okay, now this is an important, this, this word here, at the time of the end. We need to keep this in mind. Now, we, we actually, we've transitioned from Antiochus now to Antichrist. This, these are characteristics of, of, of uh, Antiochus, but we're talking about the Antichrist more specifically now. At the time of the end, <clears throat> he shall come into the glorious land, and tens of thousands shall fall. He shall come into the glorious land. That, that's speaking of, I think, the abomination of desolation. This is when he's going to come in and break that covenant. When we talk about the end times, what do we normally think about? The rapture. The tribulation. 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 And we, we, call, we, we think of a seven-year tribulation. I think of the seven years as a tribulation, yes, but it's in, in different sections. We have the tribulation, we have the great tribulation, and we have the day of the Lord. And... And we're, we're actually defining where we're at in the tribulation here. When he says, at the time of the end, he shall come into the glorious land and tens of thousands shall fall. So we've placed this in the middle of the, what we call the tribulation period. Because that's when the covenant is broke. And that's when he comes in. And he shall go out with great fury and destroy and devote many to destruction. So Antiochus went in, he desecrated the temple, and he left. And he left his general in charge. And then the Maccabean uprising, and they killed his general, routed his soldiers, rededicated the temple, and began to offer sacrifices again. And he heard about it. And he went with great fury to destroy and devote to destruction. And in the Maccabees, in his own words, I, went, I was on my way to Jerusalem to kill every Jew. 
and he's trying to get into God's favor now, but God has already struck him with, an e- with a bad disease, and he dies on his way. He never makes it. Antichrist is going to, we're going to see this, and, and we'll probably pick up on it when we get into Revelation, when God takes the woman who is Israel and moves her into the desert and hides her to protect her. And we're going to hear a little bit more about that in a minute. And here's one, yet he shall come to his end with no one to help him. Antiochus died en route, Antichrist is going to be destroyed. This might be a good passage to, to memorize, yet he shall come to his end with none to help him. And the next time Satan uh, reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. Because that's the end right there. Now, Daniel chapter 12. And this is where it gets good. Because we, take, we turn a corner. We're leaving the dead, the dead bad guys behind. And we're going to start talking about more positive things. Uh, in the early manuscripts, or in the original manuscripts, there were no chapter divisions. It was just one big book. And, and chapter, what we have is we call chapter 10, 11, and 12, is one continuous narrative. It's broken down into three sections, and I think they did a pretty good job because of chapter 10 introduces you to the revelation that's about to take place. Chapter 11 is the revelation of the dead bad guys, and then chapter 12 is a revelation of hope, I, th- I think, and, and we'll see that now. At that time. It starts out with at that time. What time? At the time of the end. And we know that it's in the latter part of the end. And I'm just going to call this Daniel's seventh week rather than the tribulation because it varies in degree. So Daniel's seventh week, we know that we're about in the middle of it. And Michael, the great prince, is going to arise and he's in charge of your people. Michael, the great prince, is going to arise... Why? Well, he's in charge of God's people, and he protects his people. And in Revelation, is it chapter 19, Pastor, when the war, when Michael and his angels fight the beast? But I think this is earlier than that because it says at that time, which is what we're talking about already. And then he goes on to clarify what that time is when he says, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never been seen since there was a nation until that time. Have you heard that word, those words before? Where did we hear that? Matthew 24. Jesus repeats these words almost word for word. You know, I used to say that Jesus is quoting Daniel. He's not. He's, he's just repeating himself. These are his words to Daniel. So this is what, Daniel, what Jesus said to Daniel. And then nearly 500 years later, he says almost the same thing to the apostles when he says, For then there shall be great tribulation, such as has not been from the beginning of the world until now, and never will be. And do you remember when we paralleled Matthew 24? And Revelation, and just down the line, uh, the first seal, Jesus said, uh, beware of false, false Christ. And we saw the false Christ. The next one was wars. Jesus said wars, rumors of wars. Next one was the guy with the scales, a day's work for a day's food. Jesus said there will be famines. The next one... Uh, He's given, he's given uh, permission to, to kill off a quarter of the world's population. Jesus said, you will stand before kings, they'll persecute you, they'll put you to death. The fifth seal was the martyrs. Jesus said, and then there'll be great tribulation. And then the sixth seal came, and that was when the sun, the moon, the stars, and that's when Jesus said, then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And then he tells Daniel, but at that time your people shall be delivered. Now Daniel, in Daniel's mind, 
who are his people, the nation of Israel. Today, who are God's people? The nation of Israel and and all believers who've been grafted in. So at that time, your people shall deliver. But then he qualifies that. Everyone who's written in the book of life. So not all the Jews. Only those who are written in the book. Well, he doesn't say the book of life. He just says the book. Okay? So... Michael is going to defend everybody, uh, Jew, Greek. Paul said there, in Christ Jesus, there is no Greek or Jew, no male or female, no slave nor free. We're all one in Christ Jesus. And so Michael will be the defender of all. Now, if you're in the pre-tribulation camp, you won't be there. But if you hold to the pre-wrath, you might be there if the pre-tribbers are wrong. And like I've said many times, I want to prepare for either option. So. And also on that, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation until that time. And thought destructive. Take all, everything in history, all battles, all wars, everything, and put them in one time. At one time. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Oh. Wars all over the world. Um, has they we've never seen it. Yeah. Which means it's going to be so huge that we're not going to believe it. And it, so horrible. It's so horrible because yeah. it'll be all over the world. Yeah. And that's and that's where I believe that the church will be raptured out before that happens. Yes. I believe the chapters. Uh, the sixth seal was an eye-opener. That was a wake-up because the day of the Lord has come. Because that's what they said. They, they hide under the rocks and they say, hide us. Because the, because the day of the... I think he calls it the day of the Lamb at that, at that point has come. The wrath of the Lamb has come. Yeah, yeah. And that's where we get the pre-wrath. Or that's where Marv Rosenthal... Actually, it wasn't Rosenthal who developed that. It was Camp, Camp, Campen. Campen. Develop that. And then he says, Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and others to shame and everlasting contempt. Now, this is an overview. And what we what we learn as we study the New Testament is that there are two separate resurrections. The resurrection to life and the resurrection to here it's called shame and contempt uh, Jesus calls it destruction and when we see it in the white throne we know it's it's the final judgment for the damned so there's two two resurrections now the first resurrection doesn't take place all at once let's uh, uh, move forward here the first resurrection uh, in Corinthians, God tells us that, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. So that is the first part of the first resurrection, was Christ's resurrection. That's our hope. We, he resurrected, he was killed, and he rose from the dead. Uh, then in Thessalonians, God tells us that for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command and the voice of an archangel, with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Talking about the rapture. So the dead in Christ will rise first. That's the second part of the first resurrection. Christ the first. This is the second part of the first resurrection. There's also a third part. And that's what we read about when we get to Revelation chapter 20. And John... Uh, his vision, remember he's told, write what you see. So he's writing what he sees. I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus and for the word of God and for those who had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received the mark on their foreheads or their hands. This first resurrection takes place after the day of the Lord. After the smoke and dust is settled from the day of the Lord, this resurrection takes place. Now, the first time I read this, probably the first 
half dozen times I read this, I thought there was two groups of people here. Those who had been beheaded and those who had lived. But then when I read the next sentence, it says, they came to life. So it appears to me that everyone who comes to Christ during the day of the Lord is put to death by Antichrist. And who else did Jesus say would be against those people? We won't be there. This is, this is, we've been raptured out back in chapter 7. We're, we're in chapter 20 now. Jesus said fathers will betray sons. Sons will betray fathers. Brothers, sisters will rise up against you. It's probably a conditioning. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Conditioning people. Just like I believe the TSA was all about conditioning us to stand in line and keep your mouth shut. Yep. Yep. It has no they, they can put you in jail if you get too mouthy, but m- most of the time you'll just miss your flight. <laughs> yeah. And we don't want to do that, so we stand in line and we keep our mouth shut. So they were conditioning us. And yes, I, I think that was conditioning us, Doug. Yeah, because, you know... Was to say the shot doesn't have something in it, you know that. Maybe it was benign. Maybe it was benign. Maybe it was all a placebo, but it was condition. It was to condition us to not question authority, make us compliant. And, and this is off the biblical side, but it kind of is. These, these you've heard of the Great Reset, or people talk about. These are the same groups you talk about. These leaders of the world. Mm-hmm. They, they discuss these things. They discuss how can they get people compliant and fall in the way. They have these discussions, and there's people that think this stuff is kind of planned. Oh, yeah. In other words, how can we get it? Kind of? Kind of? Kind of. I don't think it's kind of. Okay, so, uh, like I said, I don't believe that anybody who accepted Christ, this is during the day of the Lord now, this is after we've been gone. I don't believe anybody there lived after they accepted Christ, which is, it's staggering to think about. Do you know what's going to happen if you accept Jesus? Yep. I'm going to lose my head. And they do it anyway. And I believe that just like uh, first martyr, Stephen, do you remember what, before, before the stones flew, he looked up and what did he see? I'm sorry? He saw the heavens open. He saw Jesus, didn't he? And I believe every one of these martyrs, is Jesus is going to be physically with them while their head is being chopped off. And they're going to be praising the Lord. There's not going to be any fear in their heart. There's not going to be any, any uh, dread or sorrow that, did I, should I have really done this? No. They're going to be with Jesus at the moment of their execution. Well, it's having the faith like the three that went into the, the fire. Yes, the fire. yes. They knew that, that God would be with them no matter what the outcome was. Yeah, and that's what they said. They said, our God is able to save us, but even if he doesn't, we're not going to worship your beast. Yeah. And there's going to be an, uh, a, uh, an idol set up, and the whole world will be required to bow to it. So anyone who doesn't bow to it is going to... Meet the same fate. Now, uh, you notice I put those red brackets there because I believe that's a parenthetical statement. Uh, Because the first resurrection is speaking about the souls who were beheaded. That was the first resurrection. Now you say, well, that was like, what, three years later? Yeah, it was, three and a half years later. But the, but the second half of that resurrection was how many thousands of years later than Jesus, right? And Jesus was the first fruits, and then there's the resurrection of the church before the wrath of God, or maybe even before the tribulation. But then, then there's this. So the, I see the, the first resurrection taking place in three stages. And then the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. The rest of the dead. Pay close attention to that word, the dead. 
the first resurrection, blessed and holy, is the one who shares in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. Blessed and holy. Holy. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that the first couple times I read it. Only God is holy. But once the resurrection, be resurrected, pure and holy. Would Paul say, who will free me from this body of evil? Or how, how did he say it? Body of sin. Who will free me from this body of sin? Right here, Paul. There it is. Freed from that body of sin. You will be holy. All of that stuff that we carry around with us now is in the past. It's gone. So the rapture has happened. But there will be... It, it says that after the rapture happens... Many people will come to believe in Jesus Christ, and, and like you say, they're going to be beheaded. And so, it's going to. We're now into a new era because those people are really going to believe. They're mm-hmm. this. They're not going to be wishy-washy. Yeah. Because they know what it means to say that Christ is my Lord. Yep. And 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 the angel told Daniel. Multitudes asleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life. These, us before that in the other part of the resurrection, the first resurrection part B, and then in Jesus prior to that. You ever think about that, that the first resurrection and the resurrection of the dead? Abraham, Adam and Eve. We'll all be together. Whoa. (laughs) Awesome, huh? So, we'll be holy, and the second death will have no power over us. Now, we need to talk about this a little bit. The second death. Jesus said in John 5.24, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. And shall not come into judgment. The white throne is a judgment seat of God, isn't it? Will we be there? No. No. Because we will never come into judgment. In fact, we passed from death into life. And this was really just to introduce you to that second group of people that Daniel talked about. Those who will be risen to shame and contempt. Then I saw the great white throne and him who sat on it. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. Books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. Now, does remember Daniel? The book, those whose name were written in the book. Same book, the book of life. Uh, the book is only mentioned once in the Old Testament. And I believe seven times in the New Testament. Once in Philippians, Paul asks for prayers for himself and the Philippians whose name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And then it's in, in Revelation, it's seven times. Uh, and the dead were judged according to the works by the things that were written in the books. Okay, so first question, who is standing here? What is, what is, how does John refer to them as? I saw who? The dead. The dead. The dead. The dead. Are you going to die? Physically. Our bodies are. Physically. But what did Jesus say? Everlasting life. Can anybody quote John 3.16? Can anybody not quote <laughs> Should not perish, but have everlasting life. No, uh, we're, bor- we're born with a body, a soul, and a spirit that longs to be connected to God. Every one of us. But that spirit is not alive until it's connected to God. So we try to connect that. We, we, see, we see the craving that that spirit has, and we mistake it, and we feed our bodies, or we feed our soul. Feed our body with, oh, I don't know. I like cake and ice cream. 
It's not bad. It's not going to get the spirit alive, though. We feed our soul with what? Uh, psychology, philosophy, all kinds of garbage. But that doesn't make the spirit alive. But it placates us. And then one day we, somebody tells us about Jesus, that he can make our spirit alive. But now our body and our soul is threatened because they know that all this stuff we've been feeding the body and the soul, not all of it, but some of it's going to have to go away. So, so we reject that. I rejected it for years. How old was I? 33 years old when I finally accepted it. And uh, guess what? All those things that I thought I was going to miss, I didn't miss. When, when, uh, when, when Jesus said, I'll give you the desires of your heart, he didn't mean I'll give you everything your heart desires. He means your heart will desire what I desire. That's right. And it'll be a good thing. And you'll like it. Trust me. But no, we don't. So, those standing here have just been given a brand new bulletproof body. And they have their souls, but their spirit is forever dead. It's forever disconnected from God. And we come into this world, there's two options. You don't get to choose option one. That's the one we're born with. That's the default. And that is, you can live this life any way you want and be judged according to your deeds. Or, you can accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and be judged according to His righteousness. And many, 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 I'd probably say most, go for plan A. And uh, here they stand now. Would it shock you if I said there's a cult (laughs) that gives their people, on their initiation, gives them an apron and says, this apron is white, it's a symbol of purity. Keep this. Look at it and remember to live a pure life. In fact, take it to the grave with you. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Take it to the grave with you. And then when you stand at the great white throne, he who sits upon it will look down on you and say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Is that the height of deception? They're telling them right straight out, you're going to stand at the white throne. And then they lie to him and say, he's going to say, well done. This is the Masons, the Shriners. Yeah. So. It's so sad that most faiths try to make it. You can go all across the world, but when it comes to Christianity, all the faux Christianity beliefs... All try to either, there is no sin or deny sin, we're all good, and they use Christianity as the guys. Um, or if you give penance to us on this earth, yeah. you're covered. It all detracts from pointing to the fact of who you are and who Christ is. Christ is the only thing God sees when we die, if you're a believer. Mm-hmm. We're relying on Christ because there's not a thing. We don't hold that little white cloth out. Yeah. And uh, there's specks of dirt on there, you just can't see it. Yeah. <laughs> Put it under a microscope, it's not as white as you see. Yeah, and, and then and, and you've all run into this. Well, I'm I'm basically a good person. And I know that my good works is gonna outweigh my bad, as though there's a scale up in heaven. Well, there is a scale. And you got Christ on sitting on one side, perfect, and you got you on the other side. You're not going to tip that scale. So, the dead are judged according to the works. The sea gate. Oh, if you were wondering about the dust in the earth, what happened to those who got buried at sea? Here we go. There's no place to hide. Uh, the sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged according to his works. Each was just. Death and Hades were cast into a lake of fire. This is the second death. Remember, blessed is he who takes part in the first resurrection, for the second death has no control over him. 
and anyone not found in the book of life, again, that book from Daniel. Now we're going back to Daniel. Now remember where we left off in Daniel. Those whose names written in this life, and there'll be a resurrection, some to life, some to death. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. That, that's talking about rewards. And what's interesting, and I didn't notice this the last couple times I taught Daniel, I didn't even see this, but this parallels Matthew 24. And it parallels the Revelation. And why shouldn't it? They're both talking about the same thing. The end times. So the parallels there are astounding. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the end of time. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Well, this is the revelation Daniel had. We have the whole New Testament, especially the Olivet Discourse, and we have the book of Revelation. So knowledge increased in just that 500 years. And then as uh, uh, Bruce, who said... This is going to become more and more clear and more and more understandable as the day approaches. So what we don't understand now is going to get clearer as that day approaches. Prophecy is that just that way. Uh, but you, Daniel, shut up the books. In other words, enough said. You've got enough information now, Daniel. Go your way. And uh, then knowledge will increase. But then, this is, this is really great, I like this. Then Daniel looked. He, he finally became aware of his surroundings. He's been, he, who's ever been talking to him, and I, I kind of believe it's Gabriel, because Gabriel's the one who's always come to him before. But that's neither here nor there. But let's say it's Gabriel. Not you. Not you, Gabe. <laughs> You're Gabe. <laughs> Gabriel uh, has been talking to him, and Daniel has been so focused in on what's going on, he just totally lost aware of his surroundings. You ever, you ever done that? I've done that driving down the road. My mind gets so focused in on a thought, and all of a sudden I'm past my exit. You know? You've, okay, you've done it, Sam. All right, I'm not the only one. So, so here he is, he's been so focused, and then, then the angel says, okay, that's it, Daniel, no more. And he comes aware of his surroundings, and he looks, and behold, two others stood on, on this bank of the stream and one on the other side of the stream. Wow, it's not just me and Gabe, it's these other two guys, and they're probably angels. Uh, and someone said to the man clothed in linen, do you remember him? Chapter 10, verse 5. This is the one that knocked Daniel on his face. And Daniel described him. And he describes him almost exactly like John describes Jesus in Revelation chapter 1. And when you first read that, you go, this is Jesus. Then you read a little further, and the one who's talking to him says... Daniel, we'd have been here sooner, but the prince of Persia came up against us, and it took us 21 days to get through, and we go, no, that wasn't Jesus, because Jesus would not have taken 21 days to get past the prince of, prince of Persia, because he created the prince of Persia. He'd just tell him get out of the way. Okay, I'm back to thinking this is Jesus. It's impossible? Well, let me let me... Humor me here, okay? I'm going to use some modern day uh, t- technology. So, the Holy, the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit are in heaven, and Daniel begins to pray. Instantly they hear him. And Jesus says, I'm going to send Gabriel. Gets on his phone, he texts Gabriel. So Daniel's praying. Get there ASAP. Gabriel gives him a thumbs up. Momoji. A few seconds later, Gabriel again. Prince of Persia's 
on the fuss. I can't get through. Jesus texts back, LOL. <laughs> Sending Michael. <laughs> Gabriel gives him another thumbs up emoji. <laughs> so, <laughs> the praying hand. There we go. Good one. Yeah, I like that. So, Gabriel and Michael fight for 21 days. Gabriel sends Jesus text, got through. Jesus said, I'm already here, I'm waiting for you. And they get there. And then the heavens open up and Daniel sees. Jesus has been there the whole time. Gabriel and the other two angels show up. And uh, first thing John sees, or Daniel sees, is Jesus right on his face. And Jesus says, Gabriel, you better do this. You've got a rapport with him. So Gabriel, the hand who touches him is Gabriel. The hand who touches his mouth is Gabriel. The one who's talking to him is probably Gabriel up until now. And they see the man clothed in linen. And he who is above the waters of the stream, and they ask him a question, how long shall it be till the end of these wonders? How long shall it be to the end of these wonders? Now, wonder isn't always a, a, a good thing, you know, like it's a wonderful life. Well, a wonder is something that blows your mind, something that you can't comprehend, something that's staggering. It's a wonder. I can't believe it. It's a wonder, good or bad. Okay, so the wonder here they're talking about is not the good things. And the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the stream, he raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it would be for a time, times, and a half time. And he tells them what would show that it was the end, and that is when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things would be finished. Chapter 7, the first time we hear this time, times, and a half time, the angel tells Daniel, and the saints will be given into his hand for a time, times, and a half time. He doesn't tell us why the saints are given into his hand. But here, we're told why the saints were given into his hand. And the saints here are speaking of Israel now, because the church has been raptured out, and old Israel... They've rebuilt a temple. They've been offering sacrifices for no, for no purpose other than to satisfy their own desires because they've rejected Messiah and every sacrifice they offer is a clear rejection of Messiah. It's just another slap in Messiah's face when they keep offering sacrifices because he has made the ultimate sacrifice. And here... The angel says, or Jesus says, we need to shatter that power. And it's going to take three and a half years to do it. So that will be the end when the Jews finally give up the sacrifice and look at the Messiah, the one they've been waiting for. They are waiting for Messiah, they just don't believe it's Jesus. Now, when you say the Jews, when they're looking for the sacrifice, in the same token as not all Israel was Israel in the Old Testament, it's who the elect are. In other words, not every Jew that exists will be looking, you think, or it will be the elect? No, Jews. The, the Jews who don't accept Jesus, even the not-elect, are looking for a Messiah. Yeah, I understand just, that. Just, just like Muslims are looking for a Messiah. Yeah, yeah. I understand that. I guess okay. what I'm saying is, in the Old Testament, all through, even in Moses' time, not everybody followed God. Right. And some will put it out. Not everybody was automatically, because you're a Jew, you're a believer, or you're going to heaven. Is that not true? Are you asking if all of these, all of Israel is saved at this point, or when they're also, broken? I'm trying to relate it to, in the Old Testament, 
you know, you had the Jewish history all the way yeah. to some turn to idol worship. Some. So then there's, there's always died, a rem- there's always a faithful remnant. There's always this loose teaching that you hear. Oh, the Jews are already saved. No. Because they're the chosen people. You hear that. Yeah. I know we don't teach that. I'm saying that's what's taught. Yeah. Generally speaking, you hear that. But, well, a couple of things you have to remember here. Number one, two-thirds of all Jews will be killed during this time. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's going to be a bloodbath. It'll be Holocaust Part Two. Yeah. Oh, and, or on steroids. Yeah, and then those that are left, there will be some... The two-thirds of Jews who will be killed will be killed by the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. There will be other Jews who will be killed when... I mean, the world's population will be decimated by a quarter mm-hmm. during this time frame as well. So, I mean, there will be... there may Whether it's through earthquakes or whatever, but, I mean, there will be... There will be whole cities probably that will just be overflowing with the dead mm-hmm. during this time. I mean, it's 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 going to be worse than anything that's ever been seen in war. Now, I'm not talking about the physical death. Um, I know about that. The right. Decimation of people dying everywhere. Yeah. I'm referring to, at the end, um, you know, the Jews that are alive. Are they all going to come to the realization that Christ is the Messiah? I doubt it. but Or is we, it the same as the Old Testament where not all Jews were yeah. following? See, we're not Christ. given that information. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Any other? I, I, think, I think that those Jews, I think the Jews who are left, those who look to the sky to see the return of God, uh, the Bible does say that they will... Uh, look on him whom they have pierced and they will mourn. And I believe that there will be a... There, there's no such thing as national salvation. In other words, every person has to come by mm-hmm. faith individually to Christ. But that doesn't mean, for example, in a revival, you can have a revival and have, you know, like in a stadium, and you might have 100 or 200 people saved all at one time. They had to come individually, but we could say there were 200 saved at at, at the revival, I think the same thing is going to take place with it's still the individual faith with Israel. Yes. Well, and Jesus Even said in the Old Testament was the same way. We're always, let's say, we. Yeah. They still traditionally, have. even in Baptist circles, they're always told, "Oh, the Jews are the chosen people, so they're always." In. And I said, "Well, that's not true if you look at what happened throughout their history when they turned to Moloch and all kinds of worship." And Jesus said, "Every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord." But not every one of those will be saved. It'll be it'll be in hindsight. I was wrong. Jesus is Lord. Well, so, I knew that everybody. Yeah. So uh, now we might we might we might wind up just a little over here. Please bear with me. Uh, now Daniel says, "I heard, but I didn't understand." He heard what was said, but he says, I didn't understand. And I said, oh, my Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? And remember, the, the angel said, uh, it's over. This is the end of the revelation. Uh-huh. Well, now we've got an extension. It's kind of like when we have a business meeting, you know, and at the end the pastor says, any other questions? And somebody raises their hand. We're all looking around. Don't, don't, don't say anything. Okay. <laughs> Daniel raises his hand. And he says, Lord, what will be the outcome of these things? And he said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are shut up and sealed until the end of the time. He said, just like Gabriel told you. I'm telling you the same thing. But he does, Daniel is a man greatly beloved. So he goes on and he says, many will purify themselves and make themselves white and be refined, but the wicked shall act wickedly. I've noticed that. The wicked act wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand. But those who are wise shall understand. Remember the title? A word for the wise. The wicked will not accept this. Why why did I title this a word for the wise? Because only the wise can accept the word of God. Who is wise? (coughs) Psalm 910 says, For the... Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
We have our whys. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So we're covered on both bases here. Who is wise? Those who can accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior and fear the Lord. Go ahead, Doug. Look what's happening today. We have a, a very distinct divide. Conservative, liberal, however you want to put it, left, right. And those that believe something, global warming, abortion, you name it. Well, we're divided on so many fronts, it's... But they believe it to the point the wise has an open mind to learn, to grow, to say, hey, I was wrong in that thinking. The other side is, this is the way it is, the way it's going to be, and you can't change my mind. And to the and point of hating you for disagreeing with them. For hating you for disagreeing. Yeah. And so, <coughs> we're getting so close. Oh, yeah. I think so. <laughs> so, then he continues, and now he's answering the question that the angels asked. Only he's going to answer it from a different angle. For the time that the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination that causes desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. So the angel says, when is the end of this? He told them, after time, times, and a half times, when the religious... Jews have been broken. And now he's telling Daniel when it's going to start. From the time that the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination that causes desolation to set up, it'll be 1,290 days. And I wish he'd have stopped there. <laughs> but, he has to keep, but he has to say this. Blessed is the one who waits for and reaches for the end of the 1,335 days. I'm back to being puzzled again now. That one I can't explain. But let's look at this on a chart. Daniel 7-7, the time that most commonly and most, the most used term for this is the tribulation. And you're either pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, or pre-wrath. That's the four basic uh, philosophies or theory, theologies, I guess you might say. So, and that's broken down into two periods. Well, the first three and a half years, uh, in, remember in 927, and this is where we get the whole week from, the whole seven-day period from, then he will confirm a covenant with many for one week. He's going to confirm a covenant with many for one week. Who is he confirming this covenant with? Israel. Israel. That's the common knowledge. I believe the angel could have easily said, with your people, or with Israel. But he said, many. I think this covenant goes beyond Israel. <coughs> this guy's coming in, and he's going to, he's going to have an agreement with the world. But in the middle of the week, he shall put an end, bring an end to sacrifice and offering. The rest of the world isn't going to know at this point that he just broke their covenant as well. But Israel's going to know. The Christians who are there are going to know. And we're going to see, this is it. This is, this is times are going to get tough now. And notice at the top there, I did break this down into three sections. Tribulation, great tribulation. And I believe that breaks out after he breaks his covenant. The first half of the tribulation, I think, is going to just kind of, if I could have had that color kind of uh, get darker towards the end, I think it's going to start out peace. Because it says he's going to come in and he's going to destroy many through peace. He's going to come in as a peaceful man. If you want, if you want to keep your doctor, you can keep your doctor. He's going to come in and he's going to, Tell lies to get us to follow him, to get the world to follow him. And then, in the middle, he's going to break this covenant, and the rest of the world isn't going to pick up on that right away. Why? Well, it's the Jews. 
What was it in France? I can't remember. Anybody know the saying? First they came for the Jews, then they came for, and and I didn't say anything because it didn't affect me, and then they came for me finally. Yeah, and that's what's going to happen here, and that's where we're talking about the great tribulation. Now here's here's uh, what the angel said: How long will it be to the end of these wonders? And Jesus said it'll be for a time, times and a half time. Three and a half years. We've, we've figured that one out already. The time times and half time is three and a half years. I believe the common knowledge on that is correct. It is three and a half years. When the power of the holy people has been finally broken, all of these things will be completed. So Daniel says, or the angel tells Daniel, for time times and half time, and then it's going to be end. That's going to be the end. It's going to be finished. Daniel says, I don't understand. And Jesus says, Okay, from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. That's in verse 11. If you divide 1,290 by 365.2425, did you know that's the number of days in a year? It's not 365? It's 360. Hmm? The Jewish years 360. The Hebrew calendar is 360. I don't buy into that. But that's what they said. No, they don't. Where do they go by? Well, because they, they add go days. by the sun. Yeah, but then they add time too. See, on the fourth day of create, now we're going to go into overtime, and it's your fault. <laughs> He's the guy that raises his hand. Okay, on the fourth day of creation, God set the sun, moon, and the stars in the sky, and what did He say it's for? Times and season. Years, months, and days. And then we got some theologian who did the math and it worked out to use 360 days, so he said the Jews didn't know how to tell time. They used 360 days in their calendar. Well, if they did that, their holy days would be off. Yeah. Okay, come on, let me finish. Okay? So what they did was they did have a 360-day year which was five days, 5.2425 days short. So every three years, they would add a month. And that's how they brought it back in sync. Yeah. So God didn't know how to tell time, and so did the Jews. That's my theory. Okay? I'm I'm debunking the 360 day. Okay, so real quick, when he's saying that, when God is telling them that, and we, they, you know, the Jew, the Hebrew would say, oh, it's 360 days, you know, figure out their math. But God was and then they would the say, And then they would say, but we have to add in, <laughs> on the third year, we have to add, what would it be, 11 days? 15 days? Yeah. And they did. The and they did. Yeah. So, anyway. Got it. His fault. There'll be donuts left. Well, Trust me, there's not many people here today, so we'll all get a donut. <laughs> All right. Okay, now uh, we're just about done. Then the millennial kingdom. Uh, really, that isn't part of the Daniel thing here, but we did talk about the millennial kingdom. The millennial kingdom being the thousand year reign. But he didn't stop there. He had to throw this in 1335 days. Blessed is the one who waits for and reaches the end of the third. He doesn't tell us what's at the end, he doesn't tell us what's at the beginning. It's just a blessing for someone who reaches it. Is it another 45 days on top of this? Did that 1,335 days and the Great Tribulation start 35 days before the, the uh, abomination? I don't know. Or is it 1,335 days referred to the church the, in the rapture? Uh, when we see the tribulation begin... You've got 1,335 days until the rapture. I don't know. That's, that's my answer. I don't know. Does it's anybody here know? Answer. It's a good answer. I don't know. Okay, now, and if I haven't given you enough to think about, remember the 2,300 days? And my great-great-great-great-grandfather Miller, who predicted the end of the world based on this because he said this was years, not days, Oh, sorry, Grandpa Miller, you were wrong. Uh, 
But the 2300 days, if you divide that by 365.325, you wind up with six years, three and a half months. I don't know. <laughs> That's why God said, you will not know until it's revealed. Right. You know. Now it could be, could be, remember Jesus said, those days will be cut short for the sake of the elect. Maybe it's six years, three and a half days. I don't know. Or months. But I'll take the, I'll take the word of the man in the suit. That's the, the one with the linen. The, the, the guy who was dressed real nice. See, he was wearing his, his uh, kingly. The angels were wearing their work clothes. So the, uh, he said, As for you, go your way till the end. You will rest. And then at the end of the days, you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. So let's not let those things we didn't understand trouble us. But let's take the things we did understand to heart. And most of today, I hope, was uh, encouragement. And uh, anyway. I like the allotted inheritance part because it's already set up. The what? The allotted inheritance. It's already there. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Just waiting for us. Just waiting. Yeah. Any questions, comments, complaints? I'm just thinking one verse, Deuteronomy 29, 29. Okay. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever. And we may do the words uh, words of this law. So there are many things that God has revealed, but there are many things that are still secret. That he hasn't, yes. Yes, I want you just saying, I don't know all about I don't know about. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I don't understand everything I know. Yep. Yeah. All right. I, I take it, I'm making a prediction that the rapture will happen January 1st, 2023. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. We stone prophets in this. I get the math when you get back. 